Matt Zuccarello makes his return. Ryan Hartman responds. And Adam Raska makes his Minnesota Wild debut as the Wild take on the Blue Jackets today. We will discuss all of that and get you ready for today's game on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we welcome Matt Zuccarello back to the lineup. We'll tell you what exactly his injury was and how crazily he played through it uh, after suffering it in the game against Vancouver. We'll also talk about the ongoing Wild Jets feud as Ryan Hartman responds to Cole Perfetti, saying that uh, Hartman admitted that his uh, check of Perfetti in the face with, uh, with his stick off of a faceoff was intentional, and uh, we'll get you ready for today's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. My name is Seth Topal, credentialed member of the uh, Minnesota Wild media landscape, and uh, here with you on a Saturday because I was initially planning on recording last night after uh, getting done with my uh, regular duties, and I lost my voice. So we are just we are just going through it here uh, this week. Not only are the Wild injured, but Lockdown Wild also is uh, is trying to grind through a few things. And speaking of grind through a few things, Matt Zuccarello officially activated off of injured reserve yesterday. Did you hear what the injury was? Michael Russo dives into it in full detail. As it turns out, this goes all the way back to the game against Vancouver at home. Matt Zuccarello blocking a shot. In the second period, 429 uh, into the second period, he played the rest of the game, had the shootout winner, and then come to find out uh, before the game against Pittsburgh, his arm hurt too bad to be able to play. And so you wouldn't think anything of that, but yeah, he uh, fractured a bone in his arm, played 40 plus minutes, had the shootout winner. So some of the time I get it where you you see players and you're like, they're really injured. Like you don't see anything in particular that kind of stands out as to like, well, why the heck is this player not in the lineup? I, I would say that uh, I'd say that qualifies as a legitimate injury for Zuccarello. And frankly, I'm glad to have him back because you look at one of the players that uh, ever since John Hines took over was playing the best and was having a uh, pretty good season this year, all things considered. Uh, Zuccarello, you know, just about a point per game guy. And I think he brings an element that this team has been sorely lacking with 
Kaprizov out with you name it with Zuccarello out is just some playmaking ability in that top six. And now you have the ability to put together two lines that uh, can help this team try to do a better job of scoring goals. Something that was extremely difficult against the Tampa Bay lightning the other night. And while we're on the topic of the game against Tampa Bay, I do want to discuss it because it was something that I mostly avoided because my general thought on the game was, what do you expect? It's a lineup that is just missing so many key pieces. It's not going to look all that great, but as a lot of other members of the media keyed in on Jesse, uh, Judd Zolgad on Judd's hockey show, they all talked about like, and a lot of a lot of the listeners, a lot of you in the uh, in the postcast keyed in on it as well. Like, e- even with having critical pieces out of the lineup, there still has to be a battle level that gets achieved on a nightly basis. Like, I know the San Jose Sharks are awful, the Chicago Blackhawks are pretty bad themselves, but like, you get young players that come in. And they they battle like they may not have as much skill as other players. They may not have the speed. They may not have some of the other things, but they battle. They battle their tails off. And especially for what was supposed to be the top line, what is supposed to be the top line um, with guys like Kirill Kaprizov out of the lineup. You just can't have that listless play. And there's nobody that is going to be able to step in and lead for the guys that are expected to be the leaders, which falls on the shoulders of Matt Boldy, of Marcus Johansson, of uh, Marco Rossi as well. You can't have games where those guys combine for two total shot attempts. And so that was in that was a good opportunity for those guys to look at what happened in that game against the lightning and say, Hey, there's nobody that's going to be able to, uh, to step in and say, don't worry, we've got this. Don't worry. We'll be the line that does all the work so that, uh, so that the hard lifting is, is taken care of. Like it's gotta be those guys. And so that was, uh, that was disappointing in the, uh, the game against the lightning. Um, there's a lightning team that, you know, They've got a ton of good vets. They've got some elite players having elite seasons. But when you have an undrafted defenseman that does a large majority of the scoring, that's not great. So learning experience, learning opportunity that everybody's going to have to elevate if this team is going to win games without these critical pieces in the lineup. And if not, the losses are going to continue to mount and we will either way if if wins continue to happen you know we will uh, we'll highlight the things that went well if losses continue to mount we're going to continue to turn our focus to the greater good so lockdown wild is versatile enough and equipped enough to be able to handle whatever uh the rest of the season looks like and uh, however this plays out down the stretch now, I will credit John Hines for 
making some changes with Matt Zuccarello coming back into the lineup. Uh, the top six looks a little different, and actually the entirety of the lineup looks uh, a little bit different for tonight's game. You've got Matt Zuccarello on um, the top line with Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi. And I really like this because that was one of the things that settled in, I think, the most. You know, you get these tandems that have been really successful together for the Wilds. Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck, for a large part of the season, have been good together. But Matt Zuccarello and Marco Rossi developed some really good chemistry when Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello got separated in the lineup. Um, so getting an opportunity to see those two get put back together is the right move to make. And the fact that you um, you get Matt Boldy on that other side, you've got two pretty solid playmakers opposite of Marco Rossi. I'm excited to see what that line looks like in this game and if that's something that this team can build around in the near in the interim trying to get their offense on track. Now on the other end, Marcus Johansson, Jewel Eriksson and Ryan Hartman. Again, if Jewel Eriksson is going to be in the top 6, he has to be more than just somebody sitting in the back seat. And we have seen over the last two seasons, we saw 20 really good games last year. We have so far seen pretty much a nine game stretch out of the what we're on game. Are we on game 38? So nine of 38 games have been good. That's not enough. That is not enough for somebody that was signed to a long term extension. You can't just be a placeholder. This team does not have enough talent in the lineup. There are too many pieces out of the lineup for guys in that top six to be placeholders. Those top two lines have to be dynamic. They have to be pushing the pace and dictating the tempo the whole game. That's just how it works. And if he's going to be a placeholder, go take one of those bottom six spots. Go be physical or go provide some speed to be able to help sustain presence in the offensive zone. But, you know, it that's that's where it gets frustrating is you see shots passed up. You see opportunities passed up. You see just you see full games in which there are zero shot attempts for a guy who's being paid to be a top six guy. And so. Wake up call is hopefully the operative word for Marcus Johansson uh, being bumped back down to the second line to play a role, play a role for this team against the Columbus Blue Jackets in a game that even with all these pieces out of the lineup, you probably should win. Um, you you have to be an active participant. You, you don't get you don't get credit in many college courses for just being there. Like, yes, you do get attendance points, but if you're not playing an active role, you're not going to do well. So let's, let's eliminate the active participant. Like let's, let's eliminate the passive participant is what I meant to say. Just being there simply existing is not enough. So 
that's that's my two cents on the top six. Again, I like Zuccarello and Rossi back together because I think those two, I think those two had some good chemistry together. And you know, Zuccarello, I think, is not given enough credit as one of those vet leaders on this team, and especially with as many young guys as are getting opportunities. I think his presence back will be felt in that regard too. So I'm excited to see how it plays out in uh, today's game. It certainly cannot be any worse than what we saw against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, when we come back, we're going to get back to Wild Jets. Because why not? Because now we have heard Ryan Hartman's side of the story after hearing Cole Perfetti's side of the story. And so we're just going to lay it out there and uh, let you decide as to which side is which side's accurate because uh, it certainly seems like one side's picking one side and the other's picking the other. So we will uh, continue to talk about the uh, ongoing feud between the wild and the jets as we continue today's episode of locked on wild after this. Today's episode of locked on wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL season is wrapping up this weekend, the regular season that is, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is incredibly easy to use with a variety of options, including live same-game parlays. For instance, in today's wild Blue Jackets game, you could bet the second period under if you are really feeling crazy about how today's game is going to go, or you can bet the third period over. There are no shortage of same-game parlays that you can dive into. Plus, you can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can put together an unbeatable parlay through the day's action in the Parlay Hub. There are many more options on top of that as well. And if we look at today's game, the Minnesota Wild are minus 128 on the money line. And my favorite again, is the anytime goal score. So if you put $5 on the wild at minus 128, you can dive into what I think is an incredible value today with Matt Zuccarello being a plus 260 to score a goal at any time. I am telling you folks, I'm pretty confident that Zuccarello gets on the score sheet here today with a goal. So uh, if you're looking for a way to spend those bonus bets, that's a great place to start. Jewel Erickson leading with a plus 140 anytime goal score, and Matt Boldy is a plus 160. So whichever you choose, make sure that you head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. A reminder, after the game, we will have a uh, Locked on Wild postcast for you if I have any voice left by that point. Um, recapping all the action for what we see today between the wild and the blue jackets. So make sure to join us then also make sure to hit this video with a like, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you are listening via one of the, uh, audio options, Apple, Spotify, make sure to give us a review five stars. If you are feeling so inclined, all of those ways help lockdown wild be further spread throughout, uh, the various platforms. More likes, more ratings, just means more exposure uh, for the various algorithms. So we thank you for all the support. And um, 
just looking at the uh, feud that everybody's been talking about here over the last couple of weeks, Minnesota Wild, and now the best team in the Western Conference, best team in hockey, the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, Ryan Hartman added his side of the story. Michael Russo covering that uh, after Cole Perfetti told Winnipeg Jets media that Hartman admitted that the high stick off of a face-off against uh, Perfetti, between Perfetti and Hartman on Sunday at XL Energy Center was intentional and was retribution for Kirill, uh, for the Brendan Dillon cross-check to Kirill Kaprizov that knocked him out of the lineup with what is being reported as broken ribs. So Hartman responded, and, you know, I God bless him. Um, Russo has been just right on the front lines with this, with Jets fans, with other Jets beat writers, just going back and forth about this whole thing because um, I, I found it hilarious that um, a one of the uh, Jets media members was being critical of some uh, cross checks that were not uh, were not called in favor of the uh, Winnipeg Jets in their uh, win this past Sunday. And um, it, it's his name's Mike McIntyre. Quite a display of NHL officiating game, game management on display there. Mark Shifley tripped. Brendan Dillon cross-checked interference with. No calls as the Jets are up 3-1. to one. Then Morgan Barron whistled for holding. Okay. And like the first, I don't know, 30, first like 30 responses are wild fans saying, Cross checks are just part of the game, though. I like you guys. I I do not have enough energy in me to uh, to fight the good fight, but I I give full props to Wild fans for uh, for not letting anybody off the hook because that was the most common response from Jets fans was that cross checks are just part of the game. And so we heard from Cole Perfetti that Hartman admitted that his high stick off of the face-off that was not a penalty. It probably, it should have been. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to take the moral high ground here. It should have been a penalty. Just like Brendan Dillon's second cross check against Kaprizov should have been a penalty. Like, let's, let's just get that out there right out of the way. But then we hear Hartman's response, uh, courtesy of Michael Russo in The Athletic. And I just want to read you the, uh, I just want to read you the paragraph. Because I like I got a good chuckle out of it. So. Here's what Hartman had to say. It's written on the wall that he's wearing a mic. Hartman told the athletic after Thursday's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know he's wearing a mic all game. He comes up to me multiple times and asks me if I did it on purpose. And I finally all I told him was I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose. So I didn't tell him, hey, I did that on purpose. He kept coming up to me, and I finally said, I'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose. That was the extent of it. And there's even a further wrinkle to this because the fact that it was covered, the fact that it was recorded is something that is not permissible by like Department of Player Safety standards. Like you can't use that audio to um 
further a punishment, for instance. And the Jets requested that uh, the Wild release the audio to back that up. Wild said no. And so the Jets are then pointing at that and saying, well, if you've got nothing to hide, why don't you release the audio? I just, I love this whole thing. Like, we, the Wild Stars rivalry has kind of, the burner has dampened down. Now, I say that, and the Wild play the the Dallas Stars at XL Energy Center on Monday, and then in Dallas on Wednesday. So, that burner probably should be turned back on after uh, this being the first time, well, they met in the preseason, but... That doesn't really count, does it? Um, you should probably get that burner back on so that it's warm by the time these two teams play next week. And um, it just like we we don't have enough instances of teams that just don't like each other. And the fact that the Wild and the Jets now have turned the February matchup between these two teams into appointment television. I'm all for it. So wherever you stand on the Wild and the Jets, Perfetti says that Hartman admitted it, uh, it point blank that it was intentional as retribution for Kirill Kaprizov. And now Ryan Hartman firing back and saying, well, I didn't say it wasn't. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you, Department of Player Safety, for creating... This type of uh, this type of a system, this type of an environment, because as we talked about when the Perfetti stuff came out initially, you want to point a finger at somebody, point a finger at the NHL for just not doing anything to stop any of this. So that's where I'm at with that. Now we have a game today against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So let's finish by diving into uh, where the Blue Jackets are currently at. I'll give you a hint pretty much exactly where they were the last time these two teams played. So we will finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild talking about today's game against Columbus after this. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is also brought to you by Sleeper. We have just about reached the halfway point of the NHL season. The Minnesota Wild trying to climb back into the postseason picture. And even though they aren't there yet, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether elite level players like Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and Nathan McKinnon will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, or more in a given game. We know about Mr. Automatic, Jewel Erickson Eck from a shots perspective, but my two cents on today's game, take Marc-Andre Fleury for the over on uh, saves in particular, because if you remember what happened the last time the Wild played the Blue Jackets, 54 saves in regulation and just a pinch of overtime. Take that over. Take that over and uh, and prosper with Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. 
That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Again, reminder, we'll be with you after the game tonight for a Locked on Wild postcast. If it's an exciting game, if the battle level is better, we'll break down some of the key particulars. If it's not, we'll hang out. We'll uh, we'll vibe out like we usually do. So make sure to join us. Make sure to join the growing conversations in uh, the Lockdown Wild comment section, especially prevalent during uh, live stream events, which typically are those Lockdown Wild postcasts. Let's talk about today's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, let's just look a little bit further at the lineup for today because uh, we talked about the top six. But we also have Adam Raska, 22-year-old Czech Adam Raska, as Michael Russo tweets, acquired in the Kalen Addison trade, debuts with the Minnesota Wilds, Connor Dewar and Brandon Duhame. They're playing kind of like me, Raska says. They're obviously older, so they have more experience. I asked them, and they call the same on ice, do, do. So if I want a puck, I'll just scream do. Raska comes into this game with one goal. Uh, since he was acquired and 61 penalty minutes. So scrappy to say the least, he's not afraid to mix it up. And uh, I think he'll fit in just fine on that fourth line with, uh, with Duhame and Dewar. Uh, Jake Lucchini is uh, scratched from today's game and the rest of the line, the rest of the lineup looks as follows. Boldy, Rossi, Zuccarello, Johansson, Erickson, Ek, Maroon, Patan, Goudreau, Maroon, Duhame, Dewar, Raska is uh, on offense. And I think this is much better because you don't have guys like Patan in top six situations. And not to say Patan didn't play well, but I think they're much better suited in those bottom six roles, at least at this point, because... You know, you've got most, you've got a mostly competent top six right now. And so the spots that need to be plugged in the lineup need to be more physical and more able to uh, just kind of keep the uh, keep the Blue Jackets from possessing the puck for long stretches of time. Deep pairings, Middleton, Faber, Goligoski, Bogosian, Meryl Marmus. Um I've already broken my New Year's resolution because I was going to to not fall for the low-hanging fruit. But can someone for the life of me please answer Denny's question in the YouTube comments as to why Damon Hunt isn't playing? Why is he just here? Why is he just here to fill a spot on the bench? Do that with somebody who is filling that from a starting perspective. I would like to see what Damon Hunt has because, again, that can be another one of those points for the greater good as to figuring out if he will be able to be more relied upon next year when there are openings in the D pairings that need filling. Also, great to have Denny back in the comments, by the way. Um, we have missed him over the uh, the last couple of weeks and uh, glad to see him popping back in. Absolutely love to see that as uh, host of Lockdown Wild. So. Welcome back, Denny. We are very glad to have you. Um, so those are your D pairings. Again, not super enthused for really anything there other than um, <sighs> Middleton and Faber. They're going to have to really carry 
the uh, the play here, but let's talk a little bit about the Blue Jackets to close things out. Columbus is 13, 19, and 8. They are dead last in the Metropolitan Division. And since the Wilds um, came away with an overtime loss against the Blue Jackets back in the fifth game of the season, uh, Columbus has won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten total games. And that has been since October 21st. They've won 10 total games since. Uh, they they are locked in just some misery. And a lot of that deals with some of the injuries. Obviously, Patrick Laine on injured reserve. Uh, he was lost for six weeks. Uh, but Sean Corrali, Jordan Dumais uh, also out. Nick Blankenberg on injured reserve. And the goalie situation is in flux for the Blue Jackets as well. Uh, Danil Tarasov is getting the start for the Blue Jackets here in this one today. Uh, Spencer Martin backing up. Elvis Merce Lincoln's not going in this one. And he was the uh, he was the one that came away with the uh, the win in the five to four overtime win over the Wilds. But you look at uh, Tarasov's game log here over his uh, last few starts. He did get a win in a shootout over the Flyers on Thursday. But beyond that, he gave up 16 goals in four December starts. It was 1-2-1 and one in that span, a 4.39 goals against average and an 877 save percentage. So he's very gettable, to say the least. But if we go back and look at that game, against the uh, Minnesota Wild the last time these two teams squared off. The thing that really stuck out to me was just how much faster the Blue Jackets looked than the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it, it was it was staggering, to be quite honest. The, uh, the level at which they were able to just skate circles around the Minnesota Wild. Now, to be fair, that was under the uh, Dean Evason system, which the Wild were playing like a much slower team and were just essentially stuck on their side of the ice, unable to clear the puck out, unable to get anything sustained for more than a few moments here and there on offense. Now that they're playing a more, I don't know, modern NHL style of play, I would imagine that we won't see such a staggering discrepancy in the shots department, but it still is a Columbus team that plays fast. They've got a bunch of young players in the lineup that, uh, that can give them some speed and give them some skill as well. Um, obviously Adam Fantilli, uh, he has 11 goals in 40 games so far this year. Johnny Goudreau still just has not hit the level that the uh, Blue Jackets were hoping he would, although he is leading the team in points with 25 in 40 games played. But um, beyond that, I mean, Kirill Marshenko and Boone Jenner leading the team with 13 goals apiece, Adam Fantilli with 11, and Igor Shinikov with 10 are your leading goal scorers for the uh, the Blue Jackets. From a stats perspective, Columbus is currently at 14.5% on the power play, 
for the season, and they have zero shorthanded goals. So they are, in fact, the oh, they're only one of two teams that have yet to score a shorthanded goal so far this season. So in the bottom third, from a power play perspective, just like the Minnesota Wild are, and uh, from a penalty kill perspective, the Blue Jackets check in with an 81.3% penalty kill. Uh, the Wild are now fourth worst in the NHL at 72.7, just 0.2% behind the San Jose Sharks. Um, and then 2.1% uh, behind both the Winnipeg Jets and the Chicago Blackhawks. So maybe uh, maybe we'll climb the ladder a little further um, and uh, get out of the absolute basement from a penalty kill perspective. So here are the things that I'm looking at for today's game. Uh, obviously, how Zuccarello looks in his return. Can he jolt that top six? Do we get a better-looking effort from the new top-line combination of Boldy, Rossi, Zuccarello? Will Marcus Johansson go a second consecutive game without a shot attempt? Uh, I hope not. And will we see this team respond after a uh, pretty disappointing effort against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yes, you have a ton of uh, of players out of the lineup. But you still got to play the games, so you still got to go out there, and you uh, have to have a uh, a better battle level. So, will the Wild do that? Also, what does Adam Raska's game look like? Those are the questions that I'm hoping to have answered here in tonight's game. Again, it's a game the Wild should win, even with all these players out of the lineup. So, if you want to continue to keep the slim hopes for a playoff spot, you got to find a way to get this win. But you know me. If they don't, we just add it into the uh, greater good column. So either way, win or lose, unless it's just a hideous effort again, um, we uh, we get what we want either way, I think. So we'll uh, we'll see how things play out, and we'll be with you after the game as well with a uh, Locked on Wild postcast. So again, we thank you for joining. We thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure to hit that like button before you head out for the day. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already. And uh, tell your friends so that we can continue to build the uh, biggest following we can for Locked on Wild and uh, continue to create the People's Podcast. Uh, we have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on podcast network.